Welcome to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Passano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday night segment of The Outer Realm. We are broadcasting live right here on the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 from beautiful New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing folks over at Folgers Coffee who have been a part of our journey since the very beginning. So thank you, Folgers. We couldn't do it without you, and we appreciate you so very much. Also, big thank you to Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, a.k.a. Justin Snicker, for the contribution of his time, his voice, and his music for the intro and the outro. His music can be found anywhere that good music can be found. Bandcamp, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, you name it. And if you really dig Halloween, horror, sci-fi, and dark wave electronic music, he's your guy. Also, big thank you to Steve McGinnis, uh, the artist behind our logos and all the fun stuff that you see uh, pertaining to the outer realm. So big, big thank you. And of course, we've all been waiting for this and just kind of watching all the different chats come in. Um, we welcome the return of our week, who we consider a dear friend, of course, and uh, a repeat guest here on the outer realm with an open door policy. Uh, so he can come in anytime. We just love him. So Preston Dennett is in the house tonight and is going to be discussing his new book, Not From Here. Volume four. And uh, I'll tell you what, like Preston never puts out a bad book. So this is no. going to be really, really <laughs> fascinating. But guys, in order to partake, you do have to get into one of eight designated chat rooms. So you can't say you don't know where to go because you know what? On YouTube, we've got UFO Gods and Extraterrestrials, UFO Paranormal Radio, the Outer Realm Radio. Uh, then we jump over to Facebook Outer Realm, of course. Canada's Most Haunted, Joe Montaldo, UFO Undercover, News on the flip side, UFO Paranormal Radio and United Public Radio. So as you see, there is quite a big selection for y'all. So go on in there and I, I can see people are just like completely uh, chiming up. Oh, oh hey, Penny. Okay, we'll put this one up here while we wait. Yeah, I just <sighs> got Preston. So if you're really liking them tonight, you want to catch Penny's show. Double whammy. Preston's going to be on there. <laughs> I what know. night, Penny? I know, I know. There we go. Dolly, hello, hello. Jamie, Hi, hello. Dolly. Hi, Jamie. Jessica. Hello, Wayne. Jess. Hello, Wayne. <laughs> Michael. Hi, Michael. Why do I feel like... Hi, Samantha. Why do I feel like I'm in high Luca? Luca I know. It's like, woo. Luca. <laughs> yeah. Okay, where are we? Oh. Folders and, and present. Yes. That's right. It's good. Thank it's you, good. Sir. Okay. Yes. There we go. And there we go. Lucas says hi too. Hi, Marshmallow. Hello. Hi, yeah. <laughs> the marshmallow. It's funny. He calls me Marshmallow now. It's so cute. I've oh. called him Marshmallow from when he, this is my great nephew. I've called him I Marshmallow see. from little because <laughs> he is um, so affectionate. Right. 
And the other right. ones, oh, uh, Julian's always laughing. So I call him patata, which is Italian for potato because he just laughs at anything. <laughs> so, I love it. I have I my own it. little, Michelle and I have these, <laughs> this thing in common where we give nicknames to everybody, regardless of whether our family knows or not. <laughs> we go to bubbles and it turns yeah. into bubbly. And I think Wayne just goes with, okay, you're talking, with, you're talking to the unit, <laughs> bubble unit. Who calls bubbles. her that? Oh, Wayne, he'll go from bubble unit to the unit. Really depends on what's going on in the day. So, as you can it's see, so you know, everybody's Hi, like, what's the yes. nickname? Or so a few. Crazy. It's so crazy. Around, you know. So, oh my God. do we want to give a, a quick bio? Preston? I didn't. He's already got the link. He's always so. on. Yeah. I know. Um, if you, you know don't know heart. Preston Dennett, I'd be really surprised. <laughs> I think everybody who's here knows him. Mm -hmm. um, he writes about a lot of experiences. Now I'm going to wing it because I just love this guy. Yes. And he's one of the best writers yes. on this topic matter. He's he's dealt with contactees and abductees. He's had some incredible cases and he's been on the Kardashians. He helped Chloe with a sighting. <laughs> I he talked it. about that one time when he mm -hmm. visited. Mm -hmm. So we're looking forward to hearing what he has to say. Mm -hmm. We're just waiting on him with his fourth. Time. The book. link has been sent. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I Fourth know. book, not from here. That is some wicked artwork on that book. If you haven't seen it, you have to take a look. Michelle posted it today because yeah. Facebook. <clears throat> Facebook. Yes, yes, yes. Here our, we go. our group page doesn't like me today. So no, it doesn't. Uh, it's really been giving you a rough go of it. Mind you, I think ever since they changed posts. it. Yeah. It's deleted my posts. It's deleted guests. It's deleted my own personal stuff on my own timeline. <laughs> they they nailed me for um, posts from June and July mm. um, yesterday, <laughs> which one of them was a news story, which I didn't understand. But anyways, I'm pretty right. sure that one was a was a hit. But I don't care. No, I know. So it doesn't affect my life. Here he is. Everybody ready? Yes. Preston, 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 hello. <laughs> Can you tell we love you? <laughs> I love you too. Oh my God, we're so excited. Everybody's like, lining up in here going, yeah, right yeah, on. My <laughs> nieces like, are in the chat room and mm -hmm. they're like, who's on tonight? I go, Preston. And I they're know. like, oh, wow. Okay, we'll see you there. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so relaxed because I love Preston. I, said, I know. You just... You make it it's so totally, easy to understand. It's oh, true. Yeah, and you know, okay. Yeah, I kept, you know, having this crazy day today. I'm going, that's okay. Preston's on. This is going to be laid back. This is going to be okay. Yeah, I don't have to think. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, really. Because <laughs> you're just easy to interview. You know, you're just really, you just, you can just keep going. No questions are off limits. And, you know, the knowledge of stories are endless. And we love that. So, oh, it's new also book. your voice. Yeah. New book. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe I do. I do, actually. I do. It's four. <laughs> I kind of yeah. was surprised at two, but three and four was just like, I'm expecting five. No, there's, there's like, Oh my God. Is there going to be 10? No, no of this one topic matter. Of this you, one You have topic to go matter. look into the show thing. There's like, how many no, books I know there's do you thousands. have in here? He's got a million nine hundred thousand books. <laughs> He's got about a million nine hundred thousand. So I'm saying, out of this one, is this going to be the? Tell us about the book, and then we'll I'll ask you that question. Yeah, yeah. I'm skipping this ahead. Is volume four, volume four, and I think there will be a volume five. 
probably next Thank year. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited about these this series because it's different. These right. are volumes. No, these are stories that are kind of off the beaten path. Mm -hmm. Sort of ones that I would call outliers, maybe. Right. Nice. Not your, you know, normal UFO stories. No. So a little bit bizarre. Really? Weird. Um, well, you know what? Lot. That's a lot coming from you. You know that, right? Yeah. When you say it's a little bit bizarre. I love this. Michael Kennedy says, Folgers and UFOs with Preston is such a pleasure. Yeah. He's such an amazing guest. <laughs> there we go. Try to get them all up there. Don't let it yeah. distract you. <laughs> Just keep going. So, so, I mean, a lot of your stories, though, you know, when you make mention that okay, these are just sort of off the beaten path and many of your stories um, from the people who come to you tend to be exactly that, you know, like some of it's pretty, oh, yeah, we've heard similar things, but you have really unique stories. I mean, Dolly. <laughs> There's you. Love Dolly. I just like saying hello, Dolly. Yeah, yeah, I know. Every time she goes, Dolly, I want to break out in every, song. Every but, show. Hello, Dolly. Yeah, love there it. we are. She's in the house. She's in the house. So, you know, you do end up getting a lot of people. And I imagine the more books you write, the more interviews you do, people will, they just continue to gravitate. So these stories are pretty much, you know, in tune with the people who come to you. But you do have some, you know, kind of bit of, different things in there because I, I i went and cheated and listened to some, a couple of other interviews so i have to cheating. say yeah <laughs> no it's homework <laughs> so where do you want to start with this because it's pretty jam-packed with really great stuff so where do you want to start yeah yeah we'll never be able to cover it all that's i know that's why i figured i'll let you just take it away <laughs> yeah well i mean it continues the theme of the other books you know from Volume one, there were stories like phone call from an alien or alien zoos, extraterrestrial gardeners. Right there, um, like, yeah. I think volume two had UFOs over prisons. Uh, the fertilizer thing got me. What's with the fertilizer? I have to ask. <laughs> it intrigues me the most. Aliens and fertilizer just don't seem like they belong together. Right? That's, that's something that I always wanted to explore a little bit because, of course, the very famous Betty and Barney Hill case. Yes. yes. Really okay. introduced the world to the idea of onboard UFO encounters. Right. Yeah. Had, they this, just... weird, yeah, had this weird question um, to it. Okay. They had gone out on an unplanned vacation and they had this really close up UFO sighting and didn't realize there was missing time at first. Mm. Uh, but we're starting to come around to the, you know, as she's having dreams and he's kind of freaking out with some uh, anxieties and ulcers and what have you. Mm -hmm. It was you know, a significant time loss. Yeah. Yeah. Like two hours. Yeah. And there were little shiny spots on their car. <laughs> yes. The shoes were scuffed. Her dress was ripped. I mean, there was no doubt something happened. Right. But right. then guys show up who are one of the first investigators really who showed up to talk to them. Mm-hmm. This was Robert Homan and C.D. Jackson, who were scientists and really interested in the UFO field, but kind of on the down low, and uh, started get, asking them all these weird questions. Right. Uh, and one of them was, do you have any nitrates in your car? Anything to do with fertilizer? 
<laughs> random question. Yeah. That's what uh, both Betty and Barney thought. They're like, these guys are nuts. What are they talking about? No, we don't have anything like that in our car. Right. Barney had was a few, um, he, he carried a gun and had some uh, shells in there. Mm. And uh, after they thought for a while, they're like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> we do. We do have a bag of fertilizer in the car. Okay. Home so not far off. <laughs> and so what are the aliens after? Betty and Barney had the fertilizer. <laughs> what, which one was the collateral yeah, damage? We all, gotta, we all have to hide our Roundup, right? Like what? <laughs> we're already not allowed to have it in Canada. So this like I'm true, wondering yeah. about that now. Yeah. yeah well, so, that's a good thing, actually. Yeah. Right. It is. It is. Yeah, it's uh, been years. It's been years. Right. So this was a weird thing, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, of course, this turned out to be a big question. Because according to Holman and Jackson, they had interviewed other people who were somehow involved with the fertilizer or nitrates industry mm. and had had encounters and missing time. Mm -hmm. So they were wondering That's... if there was a connection and yeah. sure enough, they did have this bag of fertilizer. Uh, Betty and Betty's... Easy uh, food ooh. for transferring flora and fauna. Oh... <laughs> All right, just went off over Bubbles' head. <laughs> yeah, because I'm thinking, what is it? Easy food for transparent flora and fauna. So they're trying. So are we getting to this where they're trying to plant something on another planet? They're trying to. Well, we know vegetation plants. I mean, I've, in in a previous not from here chapter, I talked all about that where they're yeah. coming on and picking lavender flowers out of Maurice Mass's field or stripping mm -hmm. the leaves off of this lady's Swiss cheese plant for split, you know, or split leaf philodendron. Right. Yeah, all I'm right. all for the lavender. I mean, they got great taste. <laughs> and it was weird, right. you know, picking flowers and leaves and twigs and all this mm. stuff. So wow. I started to really wonder about the Betty and Barney Hill thing, because that right. was never really followed up on. Mm-hmm. Their niece, uh, Kathleen Martin, mm -hmm. yes. mentioned this as well when she wrote a book with Stanton Friedman on this. Yeah. But it was never answered. So it was kind of just left there. This, But yet they asked about it. So there must have been relevance. Well, I dug into the literature because I want to find out if there is any connection here. Okay. It turns out there's this really bizarre case, which is fairly well known, which totally speaks towards this. And okay. that occurred on August 24th, mm -hmm. 1964. Mm -hmm. There was a dairy farmer by the name of Gary T. Wilcox mm -hmm. out there, you know, monitoring his fields, putting out right. manure and stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and sees a flash of light. And sure enough, this ship comes down. It's hovering about four feet above the ground. He walks right up to it and walking around it, trying to figure out, is this Air Force? What is this thing? Right. He was in the military, and that was his first thought. Right. But then out step these guys who are fully uniform from head to toe and their face. Can't see mm -hmm. their face. It's completely mm -hmm. Right. And they start talking to him in flawless English, no accent. And he right. said they actually had a good hour and a half long conversation, um, some of which he absolutely refused to tell investigators about. Mm-hmm. Said it was very personal. Wow. But the EPs did give him a few predictions, like an astronaut would die in the future, short future, which turned out to be true. Wow. And they also were questioning him about what he was doing to his field. 
what is this fertilizer you're putting out? He explained, oh, this helps our plants grow. And they said, well, we actually derive our nourishment from the atmosphere. Oh, which was badly misquoted in the literature. Where, yeah. Oh, you know, they're growing food in the air. Like, no, 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 that's not what he said. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they asked him for a bag of fertilizer um, towards the end of this conversation. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. That is so funny. You see a spaceship just pull up to the local Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh a little goodness. bizarre. It, it does explain why there are so many farmers that have sightings and these mm. crop circles. That kind of starts to connect too for me a little bit. Am I wrong? Yeah, I wondered about that. Yeah. Well, I think they are interested in, you know, our flora and fauna. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> how we're taking care of it and mm -hmm. its health and well-being. So right. I think, honestly, that's what's going on here. But he brought an 80-pound bag of fertilizer. And by the time he got back, uh, the ship was gone. So he just plops it down. And the next day, it was gone. They took it. Man, the government must think we're really stupid. I thought I heard it all, man. Yeah, this me is, too. And I interviewed her. I don't remember any of that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah, a long time ago, I, was, I, had the, I had the great fortune and honor of being able to um, interview Mr. Freeman as well. So... Oh wow! Long time ago, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow, I I didn't I didn't I don't remember. That was a long time ago. I don't remember mm -hmm. if she said it. I I would have recalled something like that is pretty unique, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. fertilizer. Um, um, I had to look it up to confirm it because I I did remember, but I'm like, hmm, am I remembering this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it is way out there, but um, I'm glad you addressed it because. It's definitely nothing that I ever would have thought that yeah. would have a connection to extraterrestrials who are supposed to be so far more advanced. Yeah, You wouldn't think that. Why are they trying to get our fertilizer? Don't they have anything better? I mean, poisoning your food? I don't know. They're nerdy little scientists. They want to I know. know. <laughs> so think yeah, so you just would think that they did know. You know what I mean? I think of them like Michelle, so yeah. far advanced. Why? Like, yeah. I'm just learning about sourdough starter and how go. yeast is in the air nature is nature it dolly, is. Knows. dolly has a lot of answers yeah <laughs> um I did ask her about this but i found other cases i mean there was a case yeah which was on february 21st 1968 this is a weird one where a 12 year old girl hears something outside her uh window this is in winstead connecticut and uh wakes up looks out the window and there's this craft landing across the street a little beam of light comes down and about a dozen three foot tall suited figures come down the little beam like a ramp and walk to the building across the street it was an abandoned railroad wrong one <laughs> important enough to get porn spam everybody sorry Preston. this is the one i meant to put up Oh, that right went here. really fast. The They're really nailing us. That's how you know you're popular, Preston. That's how you <laughs> when know you're getting popular. spammed, yes. Yeah, you get tons of spam in the <sighs> chat room. Okay, so please continue. I apologize for all that excitement. No, no worries. This was so yeah, in Winstead, Connecticut. And the 12-year-old girl, um, I don't know her first name. It's her okay. last name is Amato, Miss Amato. Okay. And uh 
she sees these little guys coming out of the craft and going towards this abandoned railroad station that's actually being used to store nitrate fertilizer. And they walk up the sides of the building while they climb up hand over hand. Mm -hmm. Like they had little suction cups on their hands. Wow. And they all go and they're crowding around the skylight <laughs> looking down at the fertilizer. Okay, so. that's different. <laughs> looking down at the fertilizer. They're sizing it up from it's, the house. It's I love bizarre. it. It's bizarre, but I get it. I get it. Um, you know, that you've explained it. It makes total sense. It's just like yeah. I, Michelle said, you think it's so far advanced. You maybe their you know their method of growing something would be much more advanced and cleaner than ours because our mm. planet is so polluted. You know, and, and fertilizer is scary. There was the contactee Howard Menger, whose case is very controversial. Some think he's a hoaxer, but he has outside witnesses, and he's, yeah. he devoted a good portion of his book to talking about fertilizer and how the ETs he met yeah. are very interested in gardening. And I did wow. find another case of a Mexican farmer who said he received a secret formula from ETs, which turned out to be this mental meditation thing, which he would do over his seeds. Uh, but he became internationally famous and still oh, is because wow. he was able to grow vegetables and produce about four times the normal size. Look how they're helping us. Yeah. By meditating with the seeds. The vibrations. The vibrations. The vibrations. The energy. Yeah, frequencies. It's amazing. Wow. Yep. That just, is, that's amazing. Doing it all wrong. It's something just so simplistic when you think about it, but it's, it's, I don't know, to me, the whole thing, like I said, just fascinates me because it's definitely nothing I would have connected. And uh, I love when you come on because oh, it's just, just always something that. I just like, love Preston. Yeah, yes. it's learning. It's learning. Um, They're weird offbeat cases. You weren't kidding. <laughs> you know what though? The, this weird case and it's going to sound so silly, humanizes them a little bit, you know, like you're not as, I'm not as intimidated or fearful of them because mm. they're trying to help. And Dolly says, hello, Dolly. I can't help it. They compost, <laughs> the compost, they recycle, they reduce, reuse, and keep their footprint slight too. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important. Everybody should take a heads up from that one. And yes. Michael Kennedy said, "Little, little green, green thumbs. Thumbs. <laughs> little green men that's, with little green thumbs." That's a good thumbs. one. Yeah. You need to steal that for your next volume. That's a good one. I know. I love it. I love volume it. Volume five, <laughs> little green thumbs. I love it. They're actually mm. long, aren't they? Long, large green yes. thumbs. But yeah, I love perfect. that. That was perfect really for good. Gardening. Are you in marketing, Michael? I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is such a marketing comment. I love okay, it. Okay, so so we're out there with the obscure. We've got the fertilizer thing, which to me has to be at the top of the list. What else um, have you included in the book? I think you make mention of, of levitating cars or cars being taken up. Yeah. Yeah. They I mean, want your cars too. <laughs> Specific they cars? They don't want an old Hummer, do they? Because I can leave the garage door I open. know. It's like, or a Maserati. What is it? Yeah. Um, no, I'll take the Maserati. <laughs> There was a case in England where a guy says they did take his car and he never got it back. No way, really. Oh, that is so funny. Probably to take it apart, right? I don't know about that case because uh, it's absolutely unique. I haven't heard one like it. Uh, my dog just choked. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, um, 
I did find like 20 some 30 cases of what UFO researchers call car lifts. Right. Uh, and this is, you know, there are cases where people are, are taken on board and they take the car and all right into the craft. And that's right. not really what I'm talking about here. Okay. I'm talking about something a little different. Okay. Like the, lifting your car and never getting Because, <laughs> you know, lifting can mean thieving too, just saying. <laughs> not out there, well, people. Um, it's more like, you know, AAA. UFO AAA. <laughs> oh my gosh. That <laughs> is so funny. <laughs> here's here's a case that really kind of freaked me out. Interesting really... car theft from Tamara. <laughs> no, no, they're not stealing. They're not stealing. They're observing. <laughs> well, okay. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing. I honestly think it's a little bit practical joke and a little bit hello. Right. We're recycling for you. This is a bad vehicle. Do we know what brand <laughs> model that? Right. Here's the case that really had me scratching my head. I'm like, I need to look into this because I'd heard of a few cases, right? right. But mm -hmm. This one occurred in 1959 to uh, four teenagers, three or four, um, who were traveling through Nevada um, mm. near Tonopah, this little town called Goldfield. And they're driving out through the desert. It's late at night. Mm. And they're caught in the sand with their pickup truck. And they tried oh. to dig it out, but of course they couldn't. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you know, I guess we'll just have to walk into the town. We'll send one of us out to Goldfield tomorrow morning to send help. And they're waiting there and they're just talking and the subject of UFOs come up. They're like, wouldn't it be cool if we saw one? Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes that can bring them down because they're listening, you know, they're watching. She's been trying, it's not working. You're trying. <laughs> Are you kidding? Have you been to this house? No, I mean, no. come now. <laughs> oh my God. Man, my nights have never been the same. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Could happen. But yeah, so one comes down and, and it shines this beam of light down on their pickup truck, pulls it up out of the sand, puts it over like 10 feet back onto the road. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. He, really helpful. Where were they when I had a flat? Wow. I'm just kidding. I'm so, now I'm gonna keep that in mind. I'm gonna be telepathically, I need a lift. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of cases. There was a really world famous one. Okay. Right when I got involved in this field, which was you know like 86. Right. Mm -hmm. By 1987, I'm losing my mind. I'm like, real. <laughs> All these people are seeing this stuff. People, you know, my family, my coworkers. So I'm yeah. buying a book, I'm joining all the UFO organizations. And then 1988 rolls around. When this family of four is driving through a very remote part of Australia mm. called the Nullabar Plains. And nothing grows there. And there's nobody out there. It's this yeah. huge stretch of highway. It's the middle of the night. There's Faye Knowles and her three sons. We're pretty much adults. I think one's like 19, others like 21, 23, around there. Mm -hmm. And they see this car. <laughs> no, they pass this car. And this UFO is chasing this car down the road. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, did you see that? <laughs> so they, they pull a U turn <laughs> to check it out. And this oh UFO God. stops chasing the other car and basically comes after them. Yeah, be careful oh what you wish for. UFO car chase. <laughs> so they pull a U-turn and this UFO 
comes zooming at them, lands on top of their car, and pulls it up in the air, six feet, and carries them down the road. Oh, <laughs> my God. They weren't I taking them board. It's just giving them a lift. Um, <laughs> just like, are you kidding? I want a lift. How <laughs> <laughs> you on. said that was like the most shocking of all of this. It just, it just sounds like that's a, it's incredible. It is. is I there love any this idea. Yeah. Like, why they do these things, or do they just are they just random prankster like pranksters? Maybe when, they... maybe when he did the U-turn, they thought they were lost. Let's go help them. Let's bring them back. You know, I'm only saying this half a century. I think they might be teenagers, really teenage grays <laughs> or whatever. All right. right. Everybody's oh. getting into some mischief, shenanigans. Yes, <laughs> that's what it sounds like. I did ask Dolly about this because these kids, I'm like, I need to know what's going on here. Dolly, you have to Dern Helm. <laughs> so yeah. My theory was that, you know, this is either a prank mm -hmm. or they're showing off in some way. Wow. They want, it's a really in your face, like we're here. And it's a definite ET, not a military craft that did this. Showing off. Dolly's saying showing off. <laughs> yeah. She says showing off. Okay. See, that to me, though, shows a real sign of, of, of um, like, characteristics. Like, people, I love how you come on the show and you add <laughs> this element of humanism in a way. You know, like, we share all these same characteristics. We also, you know, humans, we can be show-offs. We can be curious. We can be you know, annoying. We can do silly things, you know. We're really good at annoying, aren't we? Yeah, we can definitely be. <laughs> but I love how you, you give them a sense of humanity. I love how you can connect us all mm -hmm. with them. Well, that's what they are. They're people. Yes. They're very much like us. Much more like us than different. Right. I think they share pretty much the same characteristics right down the line. Right. I always say their behavior falls under the same umbrella as human behavior. They do right. what we do, except right. they're not so violent and nasty. Oh, so is it? And they're healthier too, right? Yeah. Right, right. And some of these cases are so weird. <laughs> um, here's one of the ones that I'm like, what is going on here? Okay. Seven Wait, the, this one wasn't. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm bracing myself because it's just going to be weird. <laughs> Nothing beats the fertilizer. I'm just sticking to that one. No. But go ahead. <laughs> so. Well, listen to this. Okay. 1973, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Two couples decide to leave a party that's gotten a little bit too wild for them. They're right. not drinkers or smokers, so they're leaving. Right. And they're going down their street late at night when... Uh, this light comes over their car and lifts their car up and sets it down and then lifts it up again, just a couple of feet off the ground and sets it down again. Mm -hmm. The wife turns to the husband and is like, what are you doing? And he takes one up the steering wheel. I am not doing anything. It's that. And they, they look up and there's this object and it proceeds to lift their car up and set it down at least a half dozen times over and over and over. <laughs> But it's, it's it makes me laugh that she's blaming him. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> How could he do that anyway? <laughs> yeah, really. Oh gosh, I think they're just telepathically picking up. Oh, we can start a bit of a domestic situation over here. Let's let's, let's, <laughs> let's roll with this one. They're you know. having some fun. And it gets really? weird. Not even kidding. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Here's another one. Catherine Burke of Altoona, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. 1983. She's driving along. This silver saucer comes down and lifts her car up, not all the way, just onto its uh, left two wheels. <laughs> so she's oh. trying at a 45 degree angle. Oh, that would make me pee my pants. <laughs> yeah. I'd be just like, what the hell? I should yeah. start drinking if I'm not. So wow. they've done that a few times. Once on the right wheel, once they, no, twice, two cases of them lifting up just the back of the car. So the person's driving on their front, you know, the front two wheels, doing their best to steer while the car is like, Are you sure it's not a toddler driving that craft? <laughs> I'm not. I am not. I'm you. Especially when it goes up and down. You know, think about it. Toddlers play with cars that way, and it's starting to sound like there's an, a, a toddler. I'm with the shit. <laughs> I get real cars. Full strength. Full strength. Oh, oh. Yeah, they're learning how to lift cars. I don't know. The one where it drops up and down, up and down, what keeps coming to my mind is there's one little gray pulling them up, and the other gray is like, no, stop. Puts them down. <laughs> See, that's a whole different kind of dry riding right there. That's a, yeah, I don't <laughs> I want to get some kind of that fun. <laughs> Good lord, that's yeah, a lot of cases. I think one of my favorite was two race drivers. This is our, one of Argentina's most famous cases. <clears throat> Carlos Acevedo and Miguel Moya had entered this car race and had to drop out due to car trouble. Mm -hmm. Their car fixed. They're heading back. This UFO drops down, picks her car up six feet off the road, and goes down the road for several miles carrying them. And then sets them wow. <laughs> I'm not surprised. South America, Argentina, Peru, Brazil, they're loaded, like Chile, loaded with, with UFO stories down there. Because I think they've been a little bit more open mm -hmm. to discussing it than we have been up here um, in, in, you know, North America sort of thing, but that's an obscure, <laughs> this whole, this whole lifting thing. That's just weird. There's a couple of cases in uh, Canada too. Just saying. Oh, oh, please, please do. Please do. <laughs> yeah. Barbara Smythe, 1969 of Alberta, Canada. Of course it's in Alberta. So <laughs> oh, crazy in Alberta. Love you all, but you're good kind of crazy. Just saying. Oh my God. Yeah. So a 40-foot-wide object comes over her car. She realizes her car is floating off the road, and this UFO carries her car for one full mile before setting it back down again. What is the point? <laughs> Gas mileage, saving on some fuel. We can use that now, let me tell you. Cost of oh, fuel. my gosh. Yeah, yeah we can use Do it. that. Why not? It's funny. I think it's actually a sense of humor. It is. It is. I'm That's telling you, it's a toddler at the wheel. <laughs> I, I can tell you that people who it happens to don't think it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no kidding. I mean, depending on the car, I'd be like, you know, I'd be okay with one car, but the baby out in the back, I don't think I'd want to take a chance on that flying around at all. It's no, like, like, how do you explain that story to people? Like, how do you tell people my vehicle was lifted and dropped and lifted and dropped without looking? Yeah. Totally insane. Or... So I found 20 cases. I think you can times that by 10. Wow. <laughs> because oh, I mean, yeah. would you tell anyone? Well, what yeah, that's just me, though. Nobody would believe me. Though. But I mean, I talk about the weirdest things. I don't question anyone because I talk to dead people. So who mm -hmm. am I to say that something is not happening to you? I'm just 
amazed at how how I didn't realize that it was that almost juvenile to a point with the lifting mm. on the side and the back or, you know, and how helpful is incredible. Like when Nikki Jacobs wrote, pee your pants. Now that's one sure way, fire way to get you back into your home from an ET abduction. They really fast. They hate it when humans have to pee. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, they'd be in trouble with me because I'm like every half hour. <laughs> Tali says, they will get your attention. This is important. And there's a reason for it. Is there always a reason for it? I yeah. think so. I yeah. I think that's, I mean, that was my sort of conclusion. I'm like, this, they've got to be doing this on purpose. There's right. a couple where, in one case, where the UFO swoops down and goes up, and the car ahead of another guy goes, just lifts up and gets thrown into the ditch. Maybe they moved them out of harm's way for something else, though. Maybe they're interfering to keep people safe. Could be. Here's a really cool case. Okay. 1995. I mean, there were, some of these are fairly recent. Um, this one occurred in Rio Grande, Colorado. Mm -hmm. It's all over the world. I've got cases in Europe, Australia, South America, Canada, all across mm -hmm. the U.S. Yeah. This right. guy's big rig truck. I mean, a big truck. Mm -hmm. He sees a UFO and he hops out to take a look at it. And as it comes lower and lower, he's like, oh, it's a UFO. Mm -hmm. And he freaks out and jumps into his truck and starts to you know, race off. But mm. he's not going anywhere. <laughs> and so he looks <laughs> and his truck is six feet in the air. Um, that's They don't usually do it much higher than that. Okay. Um, just Thank for you. <laughs> <laughs> that is a common thing, though, saying six feet or a few feet in the air. So they, they're almost it's saying, we're not going to hurt you. But, I mean, six feet in a car is still a drop. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they have dropped some people. I mean, in the Knowles case, they dropped the car hard enough where it did blow a tire. Yeah, wow. of course. And another, the, the windshield cracked and the whole undercarriage was crushed. Not fun. One guy's had it happen in a U-Haul truck that they rented. Oh, <laughs> oh how do you explain Ching. that? <laughs> yeah. That's like my dog ate my homework. <laughs> wow. Right? Like, oh, wow. That yeah, must that's... have been difficult. Okay, okay. They're okay. Your stories are very obscure. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> These are definitely some well strange ones. I'm telling you, if it was one or two, I'd be like, oh, yeah, right. But I mean, I have some of my own cases. There was a case in Topanga Canyon during a wave of sightings that I personally investigated. And a couple, they were lifted. They said it came 50 feet over their car, pulled it right up. And in mm -hmm. their case, I think they were taken. They did have missing time. Mm. So that does happen in some of these cases. One car right. lifted and it was pulled up vertically. So it's you know not like this. It's going straight up. Right. Because <laughs> well, that would not be terrifying. You know, yeah. going up like not, normally, I think I could take a little bit more than feeling like you're, you, you just feel more helpless. Not well, not that you don't feel helpless six feet out there in your car flying <laughs> around down a highway. You know, but um, I think I could handle a little bit better than going up vertically. <laughs> and you really see it coming, you know. Right. Just opening up and just going in. I don't know. I they were spring on that one. <laughs> that was a little. <laughs> yeah, be like, okay. Dropped drop down hard enough where, yeah, the windshield cracked, the undercarriage got damaged, and it dented the cement. I have pictures of that. So. Wow, really? Don't they have drivers, Ed? Because <laughs> Dolly says... Young pilot. Nikki says young pilot. 
you know, Tamara mm -hmm. wonders if the people got whiplash. That's a good question. The ones that were dropped. The, I'm the, sure. Um, yeah. Couple with minor damage. Right. Um, but, but no, no permanent damage other than perhaps a little trauma or a couple of them. A little trauma. <laughs> can't get getting, having aftercare, like counseling, <laughs> you know, like, okay. I like, I like the one about um, ET hitching, my hitchhiking ETs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is... Well, that's. <laughs> Checking ETs, yeah, yeah, it's just something I really wondered about because I've heard of a few cases, so I dug into it. And I'm like, oh my god, how many are there? There's like a dozen, 15 cases that I found, which always means there's more, right? But one case involved a gentleman, a military officer by the name of Virgil Atkinson. Mm -hmm. This was in Santa Monica. Gosh, I know exactly where this happened, I've driven that exact stretch of road. Mm -hmm. And uh, 1956, he sees these two, what he thinks are sailors, hitching a ride. And, you know, being a military guy, he's like, okay, I'll give him a lift. And he's mm -hmm. looking at them, they look a little strange. You know, they're very, <laughs> yeah. very young. Right. I didn't look like they were more than 16. And they started talking about how they were um, part of, are going to go to Coos Bay mm -hmm. uh, facility, which had just been put in commission and later he would be, go up there so that was a weird synchronicity mm -hmm. but he said they were very fair-skinned very light blue eyes very kind of whitish hair mm -hmm. a little peculiar they looked almost like twins which comes up in these you know human looking et cases mm -hmm. and so they said okay you can drop us off here and he drops them off and no sooner does he drive off and UFO comes down and starts following them. So he thinks they were ETs. Right. I don't know. That's kind of a little bit of an ambiguous case. Mm -hmm. But there are some that are not nearly as ambiguous. <laughs> These, this group of brothers, well, three brothers and a cousin, had mm -hmm. gone to a wedding and they were packing up all the chairs. They were part of you know the crew to set up and break it down. Right. So the wedding ends, they're putting all the chairs in, and this guy walks up in a cowboy hat. He's like, can I have a ride? And they're like, <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> they don't normally give rides, but they did. Right. So they're driving away with this guy they don't know, and for some reason had a strong impulse to pull off their route and take a longer route. This turns up in a, about half of these cases where people go the wrong way. Hmm. And they're driving along and they come upon this UFO. And they're like, oh my God. And they're all looking at each other and the hitchhiker is missing at this point. They're like, how did he get out of the car? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they see him walking up and he's now dressed up in this full on jumpsuit. And there's another guy in a full on jumpsuit, <laughs> you know, a full, you know, like yeah. a diver's suit, I guess you might say. Right. And right. So they're they're humanoid. From what you're saying, they're these they're they're humanoid. And, yeah, most of them. Um, wow. they're, they're human looking ones. You know, called right. Nordic. I don't like that term because it's right. true. Yeah. Uh, right. they're all different ancestries. Okay. Right. So it, I I thought that was a really a little rough too, because you're just assuming the all blonde flowing hair and blue eyes and no, one guy pulls over, <laughs> felt compelled to pick up this guy, and he was not normal at all. He was mm. not pretty he had big goggly eyes really weird oily skin 
uh, six fingers on each hand and um, was speaking mm -hmm. a weird um, language that the guy couldn't understand. He was like, Where are you Because you want to let that in your car when you're driving by yourself. Well, I did it. It's like, where, are you, where do you want to go? And the guy just points straight ahead. <laughs> Never really talked to him. Had a weird odor. I mean, everything about him was strange. Big, right. big huge eyes. Weird so he was clothes. compelled to, to pick him up. Yep. Right. In these cases. And Could ends they... up dropping him off and he disappears into the bush and he's gone. There's nothing out there. Right. Could they impart that onto you that you feel the need to assist them without even realizing yeah telepathically it's it's really weird um, some of these i would say most occur in very remote areas mm -hmm. not all but these two ladies were driving through the arizona desert and there's nothing out there right and they're single mm -hmm. ladies and don't normally stop to pick up male hitchhikers mm -hmm. uh, but they did there was this beautiful man I and mean, he was really handsome there we have it well you have to you <laughs> yeah. have to be you to pick him up <laughs> i feel compelled this to pick this you is up. a little right. thumb okay. and louise to me though <laughs> <laughs> it was weird they both thought it was weird right uh, yeah he was especially in the middle of nowhere there was no way he could have gotten there and he had blonde hair and mm -hmm. blue eyes fair skin and was very muscular and was wearing strange a strange jumpsuit and he starts like Fabio. <laughs> yeah, very Fabio looking. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> Fabio. So driving yeah. along and he yeah. says, you don't need to worry. Everything's going to be all right. And that's when they notice their car is lifting up, 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 up. And it's off the highway and it's going straight up into this craft. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Because yeah. that's what, not unnerving. What happened after that, did they say? Do they remember? Yeah, they were taken on board. They were examined. Uh, she was told that they would wanted to work with her. And she had no reason to be afraid. Right. It was a long involved case. She ended up having a lot of contact after that. Right. It caused her husband to freak out. She he left her over it. Oh. He couldn't, take that's... He couldn't comprehend it at all. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. Oh, what I'm I don't sorry. understand is, I mean, and it's probably a really generic, basic question with a really basic answer. It's just a bit strange. So I have to ask it. Why would they need to hitchhike a ride? I mean, they can pretty much, you know, get picked up anywhere, I would imagine, especially at night. Yeah. I mean, I hate to speculate. I don't know. Yeah. Don't it's know. a curiosity. I think it's a way just to sort of introduce them because maybe mm -hmm. it's a little bit less frightening if you can say, Hey, here's a guy. He looks good. You're <laughs> sucked up. So maybe are you saying uh, or suggesting that maybe it's for the benefit of the people who were given the experience more so than the individual um, extraterrestrial needing a lift? Really, it's just to maybe give us the experience. Yeah. Well, I don't know. In that one case with the weird oily guy with the goggly eyes. That would be an experience I could never unsee, I think. But, I mean, oh my gosh. Just, I mean, some of them are so weird. There was a case in 1973 near yeah. St. Helens to Frank Bales is the witness's name. Mm. And he sees these two, what he thought were Hare Krishna guys, well, a man and a woman, standing by the side of the road, except they were like nine feet tall, eight or nine feet tall. 
Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody of some sort. We're hitching a ride. And he's like, I'm driving a Volkswagen bug. These guys are not going to fit. Somehow they did. He says oh. they shut down. Mm. And I know how that must sound, but I've got cases of that too, where they, you know, ETs will change size or even people go on board UFOs and people change size. That's right. another chapter in another not from here book. Yes. Shrink, shrinking abductees. Oh my gosh. Oh, right. Oh, I, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. You gotta think Stan Lee got Ant-Man from somewhere. <laughs> but, you know, like, I that's a know. real thing. It's not like yeah. an essence thing. This is a real, like a physical thing. I think so. Anyway, he's looking at them thinking, are these, these are not normal people because they've got, I mean, they're human looking, except no one's that tall. No. They have the, t the height of two, you know, teenagers. Mm. And he's, he's pulling out a beer and they're like, you shouldn't drink alcohol. You're going to have huge problems with that in your life, which turned out to be true. Gave wow. him all predictions like Mount St. Helens is going to erupt. They said the exact number of people who would die, which was around 50, I think, 51. Wow. Do you, do you think there, it's almost like a Mothman, like a, a you know, premonitions? Yeah. Or do you think they traveled back from time, like from the future back to tell them? No, I think they oh, contacted There's so many him. questions. I think he was a contactee and they wanted to really raise his spiritual awareness and have direct contact with him. Okay. They basically mm -hmm. said that. And he's thinking out of these angels, but then he looked and saw that each had six fingers on their hand, uh, which does turn up in some of these ET cases, particularly if they're really tall. And I've, I have a few other cases of tall ETs with six fingers on each hand. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting that they're given information. Why do you think some people are? given these full-on experiences and they can retain everything and then you have others who just can't retain a thing um i think there's different reasons for that sometimes right. i think it's for, if a person is ready for it um right. you know then mm -hmm. they are able to remember sometimes i think there's a purpose for it right but, you know, i had a missing time encounter and i didn't remember it and i can right. imagine that i would be like freaking out yeah mm -hmm. I'm too scared. I can't remember. But right. I think if I did remember it, it would have shifted the course of my life and it would have been all about, you know, trying that to makes discover sense. everything. When it was really my mission to talk about other people's experiences and investing. Mm -hmm. So I think it can be really disruptive in some people's lives. And it's just not to their best interests to remember it. Right. Dolly. Yeah. <laughs> No, me, disruptive, don't remember. <laughs> remember that in case something Because you're the happens. only one that doesn't remember shit, seriously. <laughs> okay, Dolly. Dolly Saffron says, outside our dimension, their consciousness is known forwards and backwards. I remember you saying that when you were on the show, Dolly. Mm -hmm. um, thank you for that. Nikki Jacobs says, the Zets control... The Z Zetas, yeah. Zetas. Okay, I don't know species, so... Yeah. The Zetas control the human brain extensively. Yeah, their mental capacity. Screen memories. Off the charts. You know, they, they can perceive the future. We can too. We have precognitive abilities. Yes. Yes. Uh, but when you're going extra dimensional, and they do have that ability. Mm -hmm. Yes. Past in the future with a lot more ease. 
Right. Mm. Nikki right. Jacobs asks, Preston, do you have stories of objectees who have clones of themselves that the ETs have made clone bodies of the human? No, no, I don't. Uh, Not yet. I, <laughs> Not yet. That's in the next weird book. Let me tell you, if they are out there and it's real, yeah. Preston will have it. I, I do know. You. Your collection is extensive. RD6 Killer Clark, who has interviewed a lot of indigenous peoples, mm -hmm. does have two cases like that. No clones. Don't but I, think, I don't. I don't know that I've ever run across that. So. That's interesting. No clones. Dolly's very, clone, it's, no. it's capitalized too. So she freaking <laughs> means it. <laughs> yeah, she wrote no, no, no clones. That yeah, yeah no clones. definitely no. wants to get her point across. No, and another no. <laughs> Adamant. Oh, Nikki Jacobs said then, Preston, you and I need to talk because I have those experiences. I think they may show you yourself. Uh so that could be what's going on here. It's not necessarily a clone. A person might perceive it that way. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, I personally don't have any cases. Because of that. What would they have to gain by doing that? I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm asking a question. Like, what would they have to gain? They would. They would gain ill health. Um, you know, the the world mm -hmm. we live on is nuts right now. Mm -hmm. So that's putting it kindly, and mm -hmm. it's filthy. And we're cruel to one another. Why would they want to be one of us? Mm -hmm. Unless it's to intercept and fix things, but they can do that without cloning. Yeah, she says. Yeah, nothing. nothing. Yeah. No, no. I do know they can make you perceive uh, them as someone else. I do have right. a case mm -hmm. where a couple from North Hollywood, or sisters actually, mm. had Grays come in, and one of them. Uh, looked like her mom, but she knew it wasn't her mom. So they mimic just like the, the dark side does. That's a screen memory. Okay. Um, wow. Okay. That makes sense. Clones do not live. They die quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know that because, uh, you know, we've tried to clone animals here and it has not gone very well. Yeah. There we yeah. go. And Dolly said the same thing you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's. Dolly, the. <laughs> no relation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a whole other show. <laughs> that was one of the first animal clones. It was really famous back in the day. Yes. The I remember that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. It was the first that. one. Everybody was that just freaked the Catholics out. And I'm Catholic. <laughs> that just freaked them out to no tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Right. There's something saying, well, we can clone your pet. Mm. How about no? Have you seen Pet Cemetery? <laughs> I'm not thinking, Clearly, you want yeah. references? Like seriously, people. Um, Pet Cemetery. On. Okay, this is what she's saying. And Nikki said, "No, uh, they put my consciousness into my 32-year-old or 34-year-old or 36-year-old body. I have woken up in my 32-year-old body, standing next to an eight-foot reptilian ET. Hmm. Wow." That's yeah. Dolly. <laughs> that's for Preston and Dolly. Yeah, I've got going, I nothing. Know. I've got nothing. That's the, that's that maybe you guys should all connect. I don't know. That's that's it's it's interesting, but I do believe in the in the perception thing. Um, absolutely. There is a ah, there we go. Okay, yeah. My lab. Yeah. <clears throat> so 
the, the perception thing I am a big believer in. I believe that a lot of, um, because it's very tied to the paranormal with certain beings being able to make you perceive what they want you to see, for example. Um, every situation is different. I'm just, I'm just, you know, playing devil's advocate. Well, I did have an OBE once where I was an ET. Right. Honestly, my percep perception, my impression was that that was a past life. Right. So that could be some of what's going on here in some of these cases. I'm not saying that's going on with what Nikki's talking about. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I have to really dig in before I draw any right. conclusions. Uh, it's but. it's fascinating. This is uh, yeah. I mean, I've heard of what Nikki's talking about, but it's usually definitely something more um, human based that's going on. There's a lot of stories again, a whole other show, um, you know, yeah. with with that sort of with that well, sort of I, thing. I've I've scoured the literature, and I don't have really enough cases like that to say that that to make a, an opinion. In a yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. There are a couple. I mean, I didn't talk to the people who RD6 Killer Clark talked to. Mm -hmm. uh, right. There are hitchhikers. I've got a bunch of cases of that. Yes, go. <laughs> Ukraine, actually. Take it. <laughs> yeah. July 25th, 2001. Father and daughter are driving along. And once again, here's this tall, blonde, handsome guy <laughs> hitching a ride. Right. And I was like, stop, Daddy, stop. He doesn't want to, but he <laughs> of course not. Yeah. <laughs> a babe, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like. he gets in the back seat and starts talking in a weird language. He pulls out this device that's clearly not normal and he's doing things with it. And the father thinks this guy is crazy. There's something wrong with him and uh, wants to stop the car and kick him out. But of course, at this point, they feel like they can't. They're not in full control. Mm. Um, they are not able to move at one point as the car oh. is pulled over. He steps out, starts picking plants, <laughs> putting them into the box, and comes up to them and says, thank you, in Russian. <clears throat> and okay. big beam of light, which knocks them out, and they wake up the next morning. But yeah, he hitched a ride. And they drove for a few miles. Wow. Pick plants. Very, very strange. Yeah, that's yeah. that's 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 different. I understand again if they're trying to give the if they're trying to, you know, give that person or that individual the experience. Because I'm still trying to figure out how it's benefiting them, you know, in the long run, because I don't really think they need to do that. I think they're a little bit they're evolved enough that they wouldn't need to, unless it's for our benefit as the experiencer, right? Which to me, I think is great. I've seen crazy things on the road, <laughs> you know, but if I get one of those, I know exactly where I'm going to send that story to. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, I'll share something with you that I've never told anybody. Woo, right here in the outer realm. Yes. <laughs> this is an experience I had Okay. Uh, where I was driving uh, to my sisters. You know, I'd gone to visit my, I have a sister in Kansas, my sister in Colorado. Okay. And so I visited the sister in Colorado and I'm driving to go to Kansas. And there's this stretch of highway. I think it's Highway 40. There's an 80 mile stretch where there's nothing. It's okay. scary, nothing, right? And it's a narrow highway, two lanes, no cars in front of me, no cars behind me. And uh, I didn't have 
as much gas as I should have, I started to get really nervous. Oh. And 40 miles in, and there's not a structure anywhere. This is oh, desert, yeah. desert, desert, desert. <laughs> and uh, suddenly there's someone on the road in front of me, right? And I'm looking at him, I'm like, what the hell? Because this is 40 <laughs> miles in, right? Yeah. And there's nothing there. The only thing were those giant windmills, you know, the yeah, yeah, the turbines. Right. Yeah, that was it. Okay. There was, house, there was nothing. And this guy, he's a black guy, kind of Rastafarian. He's got a little knit cap on, mm -hmm. tie dye shirt, and he's pushing a subway cart. What? Subway sandwich cart. This is 40 miles into nowhere. This is impossible. Okay, I'm gonna put this at the Did he have subs? <laughs> I've always got to be the comic relief when I get nervous. Let's. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Rastafarian, Dolly I don't says. know if that was an alien or what, but this cannot be normal. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I kind of regret stopping. Like, hey, can I get a sandwich? That's um, that's but... what I thought of right away because I'm always thinking about food. But yeah. <laughs> okay. There's no way that guy could push a subway cart 40 miles because mm. I, I immediately looked at the next mile marker it was 40 miles so that was like 39 and a half right another 40 miles to get out of that place and you hesitated on gas did you learn your lesson i <laughs> oh, yes that's my second time because when i drove out to uh area 51 once i had three quarters of <laughs> it's all he's laughing with me so <laughs> I said, did you learn your lesson on the You always take backup. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. When I was going to Area 51. I had three quarters of a tank of gas in my little Daihatsu, which I think, oh, okay, that's this gets 300 miles to the ground. <laughs> right. Excuse me. Yeah. Thanks, so you're doing right? the math. It's working. <laughs> and I barely made it to the next gas station. And it was such an old gas station. It, the nozzle wouldn't fit in my Dahatsu. I had to arc the gas over into my. Oh no! <laughs> I'm holding up with a pen. Right. <laughs> so, oh no. my gosh! I've never run out of gas, though. I will say. Oh, thank right. gosh! Kudos yeah, to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's scary really that far out. Yeah, that's that's a different sort of experience. When, Just when you're traveling. Some... Don't get below a half tank. <laughs> my advice. Oh my gosh. No a, what are they called? Those jugs? There's a name for them. And avoid the guy with the subway cart in the middle of nowhere because there's with something the, wrong with that picture. <laughs> with the weird grin because that's what Dolly, Dolly says. Yeah, normal. she goes, was it was. Grinning. Yeah. That's what yeah. she says. And then she says, also, after you make mention of that. So, yeah, that would be a little bit would be a little bit wonky for sure. Yeah, I was like, hmm, okay. So, so the hitchhikers are um, that's uh, that that's definitely different. Um, you know, we like to think that we have control over our thoughts, but in this case, it just seems to be doesn't matter what you want. You know, you're just compelled to do it. He was he's a Native American. He's driving through Arizona out in the desert. See, that's a desert thing again, like Australia. <laughs> okay. This is a, a little, you know, a one-hour stretch of road to, to Chile. What could happen? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> he sees this other guy who he's thinking, oh, it's another Indian. I'm going to pick him up because, you know, right. we're 
were pals. Right. Dressed in a white jumpsuit. <laughs> and they <laughs> were driving along, and he's pretty, you know, taciturn, not talking really at all. Right. Come upon a UFO landed in the middle of the road. Yeah. The guy jumps who gets out, goes into the UFO, and comes back out with another guy <laughs> and pulls him on board. So that turned out to be the first of three or four experiences. Jeez. Um, okay, I'm going to just put this <clears throat> as a question for you. And it's loaded, so there I'm going is. to read this slowly. Um, Michael Kennedy asks, what, if any, is the correlation between the locale of sightings as well as within the vicinity of crop circles and high strangeness mm. and the growth mutations within flora and its surroundings? Yeah, then he goes on to, to say, say, yeah, Travis Walton spoke of growth rings being altered was in the vicinity of his experience. Michael mm. knows his stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It does turn up. There was a case in Colorado where these people were growing carrots in their trailer. Mm -hmm. A UFO came down and shined a beam of light on them. And when they woke up in the morning, that carrot was massive and had roots growing all the way down to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do everything big, I think. <laughs> so, uh, I wrote all about this in the previous Not From Here um, gardeners. Another case in Northern California, field, and all the grass there grew to twice the height as all the grass formed it. Oh my God. That turns up again and again. Accelerated growth is what's going on here. Oh my gosh. Everybody be yelling GMO. <laughs> it's easier to believe that than, you know, like it's just. Yeah, one lady had a, her own garden. <laughs> Right, she's got houses on each side of her, and they're all growing gardens. And uh, she has this UFO come down and shine a light on her garden. Next morning, it's twice as big, and her neighbors are looking over the fence like, "Hey, <laughs> what's going on here?" And she's like, well, "You know, it's just I have using my fertilizer." No, no. <laughs> yeah. Is it? It have they have they gone forward to eat this produce? Are they afraid to try it? Do you ever hear stories about that? Yeah, I tasted the carrot. It was amazing. Or, you know, like seriously. In the case of the Mexican farmer with the fruit that was four times the size. I mean, cabbages that were 60 pounds. There's pictures Jeez, of them, by the way. That's a lot of, that's a lot of cabbages. Terrified. <laughs> 100%. And yeah, the people, I mean, a giant 10-pound onion. And it tastes great. Absolutely great. Yeah, I'm wondering, did they test it scientifically for nutrients? Or is it, you know, is it better? Yes. Mm. The Mexican wow. government even tried to duplicate it with hiring the best farmers they could find. Mm. Yeah. It's like those giant pumpkins at Halloween. Can you imagine what an alien could do to one of those? I want a giant pumpkin. Just saying. Anytime. Yeah. Don't ask for it too <laughs> yeah. closely because you might end up with it over your house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on the roof. <laughs> there you go, Michelle. I can't even imagine. Put it up on the peak of the tower. <laughs> There's a case with Betty Andreessen, very famous. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, her, her case is well known, I should say. Or mm -hmm. this UFO shines down this beam of light. She's watching this happen on this man and he shrinks down to like two feet high and walks into this miniature UFO, which takes off. And she turns to the gray and says, you know, what the heck was that? <laughs> and they say, oh, we call that deopulating. Can we do that to a few politicians? <laughs> and, uh, I found other cases where people were taken on board. 
I mean, one guy called me up. He's like, you know, every time I'm taken, I'm either three inches taller or two inches shorter. I keep changing heights. That happened to wow. Gray. He grew like four inches. Mind you, he's like 40 years old. Right. Um, right. Is, is, is it a health thing or is it that they just don't get the size right when they bring you back kind of thing? Or is it, you know, the result of your body going through that? I don't know. I'm going to have to ask Dolly. Um, I think I did ask her about it. Actually, I was doing, you know, a research when I was first interviewing Dolly. I'm like, Dolly, I don't suppose you've ever heard of them shrinking down people. She's like, well, yeah. Okay. Into a chamber, shined this light on him. And he was like six feet tall, shrunk him down to two feet. And it's, cut them off. Dolly turns to you know, Tolada, yeah, you know the entity who's running the yeah. ship, and says, yeah. "What? <laughs> can, can you do that to me? I want to try that." And they're like, "No, we're not going to do that to you." <laughs> <laughs> Dolly, yeah, do it to me, yeah. <laughs> you come, you come back, and your sleeves are here. Okay? <laughs> your shirt is at your your belly because <laughs> i'm laughing because i read it before you posted it dolly seven says interdimensional interdimensional travel yeah i'm taller sometimes but you don't come back like peewee herman right like <laughs> wow um that is that is incredible that is such an amazing story they said there's a macroverse and a microverse right um you don't right. think everyone's the same size do you <laughs> I could use some height being only 5'4", just saying. I'm putting it out there. Yeah, I'd like my, I'd like my extra couple of inches back, too. <laughs> I'll take actually. the extra two. Only two. Only two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Take them I'm back from my like herniated disc five, that took nine, it. Whatever. <laughs> you can pop me up a couple of extra inches. I'd be They'll good shrink you. You're too tall already. Idea. They'll shrink you. It was yeah. a like that. I always wonder yeah. if they figured something out. <laughs> yeah. She says I'm normally 5'8". You're four inches taller than me. Hi, yeah, Mike. Yeah, I came back. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> right there. And Michelle goes and she comes back six feet. We're in trouble. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, that's again. That's that. That's it's interesting. Absolutely, the shrinking thing I would find a bit disturbing. I find it amazing and disturbing all at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, because if you have somebody that's having a bad day over there, like nope. Nope, machines down, anything like that, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of SOL because you could be two inches tall or two feet tall for a really long time. So, you know, but it I is mean, we fascinating. all saw that film, right? Yeah, it is fascinating to me how they, they can manipulate um, like physical things like that, like taking oh. you through a freaking wall. We had a guest on the show not long ago. I want to hear what you have to say about it. Taking you through the wall. Do they take you through the wall? Are you like boom, 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 going right through? Or what what did the other guest say? He said the wall dissipated and I just lost it because nobody's ever said that to me. Okay. I went, oh I don't know. The so, wall dissipated and then they bring the person through. I always understood that the person's energy changed the vibration, the frequency to match to be able to pass through. Well, this shows how truly advanced they are. I mean, there was one guy I talked to who has won an award for his service in the military. He wakes up, there's grays around his bed, and I'm like, come on. So he jumps out of bed. He wasn't scared at all. He recognized them as grays. Right. Walks out of the 
for his living room and the living room walls gone, just gone. And they right. walk him out to the backyard and whoosh. Another guy asked him, like, how do you do that? I'm like, we'll show you. And they, they basically just showed him that it's a matter of sort of aligning the electrical energies and the protons and neutrons and what have you. Mm -hmm. Okay. There is, there's parallels to this in the paranormal world as well. There was Janet Harper from England who was in a haunted house and mm. was levitated and all this stuff and once whooshed right through the wall. Mm -hmm. Brazil's most famous medium who could speak all these dead languages and talk to spirits and cause apparitions mm -hmm. in front of 10 scientists and went right through the wall. And uh, so we have that ability. Right. So they can't just use the door to get you to the craft? Um, they have. No, seriously. Like all that trouble, you just, think, just, just open the door. Yeah. That does yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah. But not okay. as often. No, they'll just take you right through the roof, through the wall. Mm -hmm. um, one guy mm -hmm. talked to Don Anderson. They, they're taking him through the wall, and through the ground, <laughs> and then up into the craft. I'm going to have nightmares. I know like, because oh, I know somebody. Retreat. Yeah. I know somebody who, who this happened to, and he said he felt like he was hitting um, the wall in the window. And, and he goes, it just felt very strange as it was going through. But I think his panic, you know, he, he just he just dropped like he just he just fought and and just Remember dropped. The Philadelphia experiment. Yes. Really electrified this battleship. And yes. Ended up stuck in the bulkheads. Yes, absolutely. I remember that. Something to that in terms of what's going on here. Matter is all we think it is. Matter is mostly energy. It's crystallized yes. energy to a certain right. extent. Right. That would be one way of thinking looking at this as a yeah. analogy. I don't think it's quite that simple. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, that makes sense. Well, and I don't, I don't understand why it's so difficult for us. You go ice, water, you know, mm. mist, gas. Like it's not, you know, it's in our everyday life, but we don't use that type of thinking when it comes to us. Mm. Mm -hmm. We can do everything they can do. We can do too. If you look at not the- Not better though. <laughs> well, mo most of us aren't quite there, but there are- no very advanced spiritually advanced yogis and right who can levitate let's um, talk levitation let's let's talk about levitation and because we've had people in the show who have talked about dolly being one of them levitating from a really young age like a, as a toddler and um we've had a couple people come on and say that so let's talk levitation yeah, I really started to wonder about this uh, because there's a very famous case from Jacques Vallée, uh, a yes. real pioneer in this field. Yes. General, yes. I'm researching, I think, before I was born. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's pretty pretty well-renowned. <laughs> um, and he had this case of a medical doctor in France who lived near the Pyrenees, I think, yeah. somewhere in France anyway, uh, who had a UFO show up and healed him of an ax wound on his foot and partial paralysis is a pretty That's standard healing case. Yeah, yeah. And uh, healed of two different things, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, but following this, so like two weeks later, he's walking, like I think it was up the stairs or down the stairs and just floats right up. <laughs> and there's no UFO outside, mind you. This is him right. using internal energies, levitating. 
happened twice. Really freaked him out because he couldn't control it. Right. This happened to Whitley Strieber. This was in one of his, I don't think it was Communion. It may have been or the next book, Transformation. Yeah. Where he just wakes up. He's like, "What's? why is the bed on the roof? <laughs> like the ceiling. And then he realized, no, it's me on the ceiling. It's me, yeah. <laughs> in bed, and the, he's not in it. Right. And he's floating around. Again, this is not the UFO beaming you out. This, this is, is him. Him. Mm -hmm. Stephen Greer. Yeah. Um, he wrote about this where he's 17 years old. He's, he has this wonderful experience with the grays, and they're meditating and giving cosmic consciousness. And they're like, okay, time to go. Mm -hmm. out and he's running home because he's so excited. And so he starts levitating, right? Floating down the trail. And he said it happened a couple of years later, just he's kind of just meditating. And next thing he knows, he's floating above the trail. So I started looking into this and collecting cases. And I found mm -hmm. a lot. I'm like so shocked. I interviewed mm -hmm. one guy personally. His name is Maurice. He's like, oh, yeah, me and my little sister were taken. They dropped us off in the house. We were just little kids. We went down to the basement to play. And we started jumping up to the ceiling <laughs> and down. And we played with it for an hour. Just oh. flying around the basement. Wow. Kidding. <laughs> Another case a Marine, you know, a military officer, a good witness, organizer, mm -hmm. working with other people to get better wages, a really good guy, right? Mm -hmm. And at age five, was taken on board a craft over a period of weeks, several times. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is in San Fernando, California, in the 1950s, 54 about. And he c comes home one day after, you know, wakes up one morning. And like mom and you know he's trying to tell her what ha is happening to him she's like not really receptive mm -hmm. goes back into his room and starts levitating and did it over and over and over and finally he runs back to the kitchen like mom i flew and she's like go outside and play so he's playing hide and seek and whoosh he goes up to the top of the building to see where everybody is all the kids <laughs> comes back mm -hmm. down like i found you found you found you and they freaked out Levitated again, they had to call the fire department because he ended up on the top of this building that was locked. There's no way to get up there. Like, uh -huh. How did he get up there? They did not ask him because he would have right. told, them, oh, you know, I flew. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's a tough one. So, do you think it's something that, um, like in the case where the brother and sister, they had just been brought back down? So, this is something maybe. Because I imagine on these ships, the atmosphere is different. The everything is different, you know. Like much like astronauts that go into space, you know, they they have to train, and their bodies just do different things. They just react differently. Do you think they, these people just come back with this after the fact, or because in Dolly's case, I mean, she was like I said, she was levitating as as a as a little person, like eighteen months old. Yeah, and on through childhood and even up into adulthood. Yeah. Um, I think I figured out exactly what's going on here. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I want in. <laughs> I started really looking into it. There was a case of a lady in Mount Rainier. Right. Several suited guys come visit her. Um, she had physical evidence, but feeling a little unwell after the experience, but goes to work and sits down in front of her computer and blows it out, right? 
and then calls the IT guy and she's like, I blew out my computer, fix it, and goes to the copier and blows it out. Mm. Calls the IT guy, she's like, really sorry. Yeah. <laughs> goes to the fax machine, blows it out. You know, so what's going on here? Because this turns up with contactees. They will buzz up TVs, radios, light bulbs. <laughs> a huge light bulb budget. Am I gone yet? Public <laughs> <laughs> toaster ovens. <laughs> Phones, so cell phones, have, does yeah. that happen? Oh, God. So we have this bioelectric field around us, our aura, mm -hmm. right? And I, I wrote a book on human levitation. I mm -hmm. really looked into it. It's an absolute true phenomenon. It's in every culture, mm -hmm. some 300 plus cases, uh, stretching back a couple of thousand years. This mm -hmm. is our bioelectric field being activated. This is mm -hmm. how it's happening. It's kind of related to astral travel in a way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but people, because people levitate on board craft, and it's not because there's no gravity there. Gravity mm -hmm. on board a craft is usually slightly less than Earth normal. Okay. Because mm -hmm. um, people That's say, what I was trying to, to say earlier, you know. Um, so thank you for explaining that. But, the, but they're floating around because they're activated, they're in that vibe. Right. So right. this is what I think is happening. It's a spiritually transformative experience. Right. These love people who are psychic in any way. And if mm. you have, you know, any chance of developing this, they are going to help you along. They do. They do. Ray Hernandez about this. I'm like, you know, don't suppose you have any cases. He's like, yeah, my friend, Albert Fernandez, he levitated. I'm like, right. I am not surprised. Wow. Uh, well, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Right. It's that right. time of year. Yeah. That's 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 amazing to me that it, and it just seems so nonchalant to those while they're doing it. Yes. You know, except for Whitley who woke up in the ceiling going, What the heck is what this? The actual yeah. Yeah. So yeah. next time you're taken and they set you down, give it a try. <laughs> Convert. Oh my god! Well, I'm just curious because my husband always says you and electronics don't mess. I'm, I don't mix, and I mean everything, everything brand new. You know, it it doesn't matter. Somehow, I break everything. <clears throat> okay, Amelia, just get into a nice cross-legged position. <laughs> go om om om. Yeah, it's time to go back to meditation. <laughs> oh yeah, she's she's in denial <laughs> though. <laughs> She's no, it's really denial. bad. Like the, the toaster ovens are ridiculous. How many I go through? They're just absolutely ridiculous. And I'm like, I don't understand this. I break everything. Hair dryers, mm -hmm. anything you plug in mm -hmm. does not last long with me. Yeah, you I know, most people have a flat iron for like four years. I'm lucky if I get to eight months with it and I have to replace <laughs> it. And they're expensive. Yeah. yeah. I, so I do ground Dolly. It's so just, I went to my bathroom once and I concentrated on trying to burn out a light bulb <laughs> and I couldn't, you know, there's four little vanities and I, yes. Yes. I sat there for like 10 minutes staring at this light bulb and nothing happened. And I go yeah. back and I go back into my bathroom some hours later and I turn on the light and zap the one right next to it went out. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> good for <laughs> you. <laughs> I did it, but it was a delayed reaction there. Right. <laughs> I like Tamara's idea. She wore a grounding wire. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Idea, I, I love guess. that. 
Um, <laughs> that's let's fine. get that. Let's get that in before. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's okay. Let's do the sponsor and, and yes. Maybe we can go. Again. Yes. Okay. So we can okay. continue giving you great shows like this. Yes. <laughs> you are listening right. to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoshi and Amelia Pisano coming to you live on 105.3 FM radio <clears throat> from the gorgeous city of New Orleans. Tonight's guest, returning guest and dear friend, Preston Dennis is here. And we are talking his new book. We're discussing Not From Here, volume four, and all of the different stories that he has and, and their real experiences that he's sharing with everyone in his books. A shout out and thank you to the amazing people at Folgers Coffee for fully sponsoring our show from day one. Thank you for your support and your continuing sponsorship. And also a huge thank you for our intro and outro to Dr. Snick, the Sonic Surgeon, Justin Snicker, award-winning composer and musician. You can find his music on Amazon and Bandcamp. And follow him on Facebook and Instagram. He's dropping music clips so that you can listen. And he's just got honorable mentions and an award and one another. He's constantly winning awards. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. Stream or listen to our archives on the platform you normally use. We are literally everywhere. Simply search United Public Radio and then the Outer Realm, and you'll be able to find us. And remember to subscribe and like us too, especially if you're listening or watching us um, on Facebook or on YouTube right now. Please give mm -hmm. us a like. Show us some love. And I'm going to be a harpy about this commercial, so I'm going to play one just for you, yes. just so it's in Preston's episode the best part of waking up is folders in your cup <laughs> thank yeah. you dolly <laughs> so see we're happy and we're gonna have millions of people who are gonna she hear this forever it's true dolly's probably going oh not again <laughs> <laughs> it's true we have we have a whole list of them that we do but we thought this would be appropriate we love so, hers yeah that's right so get us some bloody Folgers Michael give us a commercial yes because <laughs> you, you're there. constantly promoting them in, in the chat room Dolly, oh my god promote yourself too Michael there promote yourself go. just make sure you make sure that you're not only using the word Folgers but you're also <clears throat> have it in the uh, camera has shot to be has to be so yeah. dolly just went oh my god after i played that i knew she would <laughs> she it's adorable okay here's another question yes adrian hello preston do you think the ability to move small objects without touching is enhanced with atmospheric conditions sometimes i can and sometimes i cannot um possibly um, if there's a lot of electricity in the air, that could be a minor factor. Ultimately, I do think this is internally generated. Mm. Certainly looked into this. There's a lot of poltergeist cases, which researchers are pretty much sure this is a person who is having some strong emotions connected to this. Mm. Uh, often when people, when they get like super angry, things will start popping around. And yeah. uh, so I think it's connected to our emotions to a certain mm -hmm. extent. Uh, when I'm OBE, I can do it with ease. And I'm, but sometimes I have to swear at the object. <laughs> like, <laughs> damn thing, get over here right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh. So uh, yeah, I mean, t telekinesis has been verified in a laboratory setting. Mm. Um, this is absolutely a real ability. And I think they measured one lady, Nina Kulagina, 
from Russia who could do it fairly regularly. Mm -hmm. they had, she had magnetic pulses coming out of her hands, which were easily measured with mm -hmm. instruments. Right. Yeah, so there's definitely, that is an ability. Yeah, that's right. not one I have. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk about the most popular day of the year to have you experience. Okay, listen in, people, if you want, really? this is a day. <laughs> there's a popular day. Yeah. Apparently so. And is it a festival for them? Like what? Yeah, okay. it is. Okay. This is most so common weird. day of the year, I guess. No, UFOs are seen throughout the year, and it does seem to spike a little bit in the summer months. But I kept hearing people telling me, "Oh, you know, they come on the Fourth of July." And I'm like, well, "Shut up! You saw it. That's what you saw. I don't want to hear it because for me." Okay. As a researcher coming from as a skeptic, yeah, I, I became even more skeptical, ironically, uh, because I don't know, I felt a little bit scandalized and I had to readjust my whole worldview. Mm -hmm. Worst day to see a UFO, in my opinion, other than maybe April 1st, which is equally bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want, I mean, ha ha ha. You really do have a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, okay, after I've got some good cases that clearly weren't fireworks, right? Right. Mm -hmm. had, these were ships with portholes, and the witnesses were absolutely sincere. Like, they're watching the fireworks, I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, let me look into this. And just on a whim, not really thinking I would find anything, mm -hmm. I went to some databases like MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, and Fork yes. to start right. the reporting center which receive about, you know, I'm averaging here, 10 to 20 sightings per day. 20 would be a really good day. 10 would be average, and sometimes a couple. Hmm. So the 4th of July, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> There's like 50 to 100 sightings on the 4th of July. Every darn 4th of July. Oh. Okay. And, so um, Dolly says, go ahead. Thank you. She said they see color way better than we do. Fireworks excite them big time. Well, it doesn't excite the PTSD vets and the dogs. <laughs> there, like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. This was. I, I have mixed feelings on fireworks. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of bombs, really. On the neighborhood is really sad, right? Like, yeah. I mean, they're pretty, but no, mm. I, I not, sure. not if you've been to war. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's very hard. Yeah, that's yeah. what What's I said with people with ITP. All the way through August. I'm like, please just stop. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, well, that would explain if what, what Dolly is saying, they just, they, they're, they're intrigued by the fireworks. And that seems to be, but I mean, 4th of July, that's United States, you know, I mean, they're, Yep. I guess in this side of the world, oh, the most population. But Adrian's got a great point. Um, more people are looking up, so more sightings. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. With the so fireworks, I, you are looking up. Yeah, that's a really important point, and I absolutely yeah. thought of that because mm -hmm. my first thought was, okay, people are seeing fireworks, sky lanterns, mm -hmm. you know, party lanterns, a little candle with a paper wrap, right. flies up, and they can get really strange looking they can i mean reach four thousand feet in height mm -hmm. i looked into it and they last for about 
15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Hovering still in the sky and look like a saucer or an right. orb. And they can dart, you know, in the wind. And they can mm -hmm. move and them because they're all catching yeah. the thing. We've seen little things like that down here. They just come go right over the out of the car or they just you see something obscure just go floating out like where they shouldn't be you know yeah, what i mean I so it's on that day are the our sky lanterns but i don't yeah. think a lot of them are because some people are seeing craft with portholes and there's little figures looking down <laughs> they can't can see <laughs> that is not I a part we've encountered that but <laughs> yeah these are some really cool cases. And I think, yeah, they're looking at the fireworks because they show up right before the show and they leave and the show's over. Right. Um, often, and they're there for an hour or two hours. Mm -hmm. You guys have long shows. Whereas you're like 20 minutes max. Can I ask a question off topic? Because with that comment about looking up and seeing things, I'm gonna, I want to go back to, I'd love your opinion on this, both of you. 9-11. We had that, you know, no flight for how many other days that it went on. And were they present? Because we were constantly, did you have sightings? Because we're constantly, I know me, I live near an airport, always have my entire life. That's I don't, it doesn't matter where I live, mm -hmm. I've always lived near an airport. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, I kept looking to see when the planes would fly. And I remember seeing the first plane, I had tears of joy that kind of took that back you know did you did you notice that there were more sightings or any with any of the cases any of the people that you've spoken to um no amelia now i have a new research project there we go <laughs> volume, <laughs> volume six yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'll take that thanks amelia at the beginning of that too yeah. um but yeah i'm just curious because until you know we had that comment about constantly looking up Mm -hmm. I thought right away immediately I brought I was brought back to that day because I thought they we often hear so many times how disturbed they are by the way we treat each other and mm -hmm. I can't imagine the effect that that had on them I mean the world was affected yeah but and, even with no air traffic it makes you under you know are they, were they hesitant to fly because they surely would have been noticed it's like going back to ancient times where there were no airplanes. You saw yeah. something in but the sky. Cloak, it's like, oh, right? God, something. Just like Adrian wrote, maybe explosions disturb cloaking <laughs> devices. Well, there is one Fourth of July case where the guy noticed the craft because there was so much smoke in the air and it was swirling around this empty area. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just wonder because I remember constantly looking to see if a plane was flying yet. I was mm -hmm. like so excited when i saw that first because they fly literally in my backyard pretty low you know but tamara says us do you think more people are open so they see more things no you mean open to can you be specific open are, are people more open to wanting to see or have this experience yeah, i think if you're because I, mean, I know people who've absolutely refuse to look at something that's flying over their head that's unusual they're like i'm not looking go away yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm not listening not listening <laughs> yeah they're um, open to it and contactees you should go out with them they will see anything in the sky they're hyper aware like look i was out with wendy i'll call her she's right. like stop the car yeah. <laughs> 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 i'm like 
how the hell did you see that? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Stop the car, go over the cliff, or go Stop over the, the car always yeah, brings you back to the like Kia commercial. <laughs> Stop the car. Was it oh like that? God. Oh my gosh. That is funny. But, but yeah, but it is true. Going back to, you know, people being outside, more likely to see them. I think this is basic. I mean, these are simple sightings for the most part, right? I mean, there are humanoids in some of them, and they are affecting the environment in a few cases, but mostly close right. to what we call close encounters of the first kind. But I'm going to call every single one of these Fourth of July sightings a close encounter of the fifth kind. Right. This is yeah. human initiated. This is yes. a way to bring them down. Yes. They are coming. I think to it's great. See, maybe the Italians knew when they invented them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? I mean, there's, there's Russian scientists did this back in the seventies or the eighties. They stopped. They, you know, when, when they were doing research on UFOs, there was this one airfield they used to go to, and they used to come in. ET and crafts would come in. They said, "We don't have to go anywhere. We know how to bring them here." Yep. Russian scientists, like that's like how many years ago now? Wow. Yeah, so, Jimmy Laura Lorenzen figured that out years ago. They're like, every time we build a nuclear power station or a new air base or right. a power factory or any, anything that's any scientific sort of technology, they yes. come down to investigate. It. They were predicting sightings right and left. There you go. There you go. I think it's been there. So let's let's talk about our world leaders and sightings with oh. with extraterrestrials. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I have. <laughs> had a chance to really okay. talk about that <laughs> okay i think it was a, it's a good one because of all the disclosure and everything that's going on yeah i mean there's a very famous case with jimmy carter right uh which was in yeah. gosh let's see 1975 which is fairly well known he was with 11 people he was just about to become governor he stuck mm -hmm. to his guns even though people have tried to debunk it right. his mother said oh yeah he's super excited about it and in an interview, he said, you know, I think it might have been a sign um, that I was supposed to you know, be entering politics because this was towards the beginning of his political career. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's the very famous Ronald Reagan sighting over California mm -hmm. uh, following, or he was in a plane, right? Mm -hmm. UFO appeared. And this was again when he was becoming governor. That was 1974. Right. So I'm like, huh, I wonder if there are other presidents, because supposedly uh, Richard Nixon showed Jackie Gleason bodies. Yes. Never mm -hmm. that, so I didn't yes. really go there. No, no. Apparently Gleason cried after that. He yeah. apparently Somebody told asked us about that, that story. Yeah, yeah was we, it cov you? we covered it on, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. I didn't, because he never went public. You know, I wanted people who actually talked about it. And yes. I was shocked to find out that there's a long list of highly placed world leaders mm -hmm. who claim to have had contact. Um, yeah. The earliest I could find was Truman, Eisenhower. Yeah, well, they didn't go public. Eisenhower mm -hmm. never said a darn word. Did Not Reagan all. go public with I the think, ship? I think Truman did. There's literature and newspaper clippings everywhere. He made one some statements. I don't think he ever said he actually saw one. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Who, Reagan or Truman? Truman. Reagan did until he realized what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, crap. <laughs> yeah. We can't but, uh, take that shit back. <laughs> so, mm. 
face out of the tube. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's on yeah. the tube right now. It's on YouTube. That yeah. clip is yeah. everywhere. No take backs, man. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah. I found lots of Congress people all across the U.S. And the first one was the first Congresswoman in Arizona, Isabella mm -hmm. King, a real pioneer. Mm -hmm. Saw a UFO in 1952 in Arizona. And mm -hmm. uh, public was brief sighting of a glowing object. But then another case leaked out with Senator Senator uh, Richard Russell, mm. Georgia. This was a very famous case in 1955, which he didn't want to talk about, but it was too late. <laughs> so that came out and that's, I'm like, hmm, are there more? Yes. Colorado State Senator S. Mm -hmm. T. Taylor saw one in 1955. Uh, Florida Governor Hayden Burns said one followed his plane. He didn't want to talk about it until everyone was coming out saying, oh, we saw UFOs in that area at that time. Mm -hmm. public. But what really interested me was you know, Governor John Gilligan in 73 saw a UFO and it sent on a beam of light. And it was one year later when Reagan did and one year after that that Jimmy Carter did. Mm. This started to show a pattern where they're showing themselves to world leaders. Hmm. Um, and of course, uh, Ohio State Representative Dennis Kucinich, mm -hmm. who was outed during his campaign, right. uh, didn't help too much, I don't think. But Yes, yeah. Well, um, no, because I mean, they don't want to talk about things like that. I think when Roswell happened, that was a game changer um, moving forward. You know, and now with disclosure, we've done 300, um, they've tackled what 300 investigations, and 150 of them they don't know, they can't say what it is. What do you yeah. think? Why do you think they would want to appear to these world leaders? I mean, they know what we're, we're pretty messed up down here. I mean, why do you yeah, think? Because world leaders are influential, they have a mm -hmm. platform, these are the people who are supposed to be putting forth policy to you know, help the people, mm -hmm. protect our planet, do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Seeing yes. a UFO can be a very transformative experience. Mm -hmm. so <laughs> I think they're d doing to say, hey, dude, what yeah. are you doing? Right. We're here. People. I mean, it's a cliche, take me to your leader. Yes. The fact is, they are and have mm -hmm. cases I found, which are about 20. Wow. And it's not just, I mean, the Mexican president saw one, mm -hmm. Brazilian president, uh, mm -hmm. president of Iran, I think it was. And they're talking about it, like they spoke about it. Yeah. These are just the people who've spoken out loud. I'm guessing almost all of them who have seen this have not, because, you know, mm -hmm. it can be political suicide. I'll do this it. one first, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Dolly says they flat out want them to stop nuclear proliferation. And we have a question here for you as well. Natalie Closson. Hello. Welcome. Um, asks, are there any correlations between brain types, ADD, autism, et cetera, and people who see UFOs? That's a good mm. question. Yep. Maybe. Uh, um, the fact is all people see UFOs. Um, contact is far, far more widespread than people realize. Mm -hmm. yeah. One in 20, one in 40. Mm -hmm. um, Do you think it's more prevalent to contact the experiencers or everyday people who maybe just don't think they are or never have been? Um, contact can take place in all 
levels. Some people will just have a simple sighting and that's enough. Right. Some people will have telepathic contact or perhaps right. be inspired in a way that they're not even aware of, or we'll have mm -hmm. full on contact and not know it for mm -hmm. years because they're just not ready or it's not helpful for them to know it. But yes, there are quite a few people who are on what I would call the spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like labels. I really don't. I, right. Uh, in some ways, I, back, yes. I mean, Asperger's people are super intelligent, mm -hmm. really smart. My mm -hmm. nephew has that. Yeah. Right. So, and to look down upon it is a mistake because it's not true. Right. Well, he's brilliant. Mm -hmm. He's brilliant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I could see that. So, yeah. I do see that sometimes, but all mm -hmm. different. It's you know, there's we're so much alike. We're all one. Mm -hmm. I agree. I don't want to be divisive in any way and say, "Oh no, you have to be on the spectrum" because it's not true. Right, right. <laughs> you don't. But it's people of all blood types. Mm -hmm. wants, yeah. How come no black people see UFOs? I'm like, hmm. yes, they do. Hold on a second. <laughs> there's. <laughs> One. I got stories. Yeah. <laughs> and I started looking at my files. I'm like, well, there's specific Islanders I've interviewed, Asians, Latinos, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, name it. That's everyone. Oh, first interracial couple was the first to yeah. talk about it. Betty I mean, Barney that's, yeah. yeah. Blood type. It's not, you know, it's not political affiliation. I asked. I'm like, right. you're only you know, contacting one party. No. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. It's not religion. I've talked to people who are really religious, mm -hmm. um, and some who are absolutely atheist. Right. Mm -hmm. They contact everybody. People who score really well on tests, and people who you know don't like school. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, as we slowly get to the top question. of the hour, uh, Michael's yeah. got a question there. Okay, Michael, can you ask Preston, what is the overall most expressed messages from ET? Great way to top it off. Yeah. Yeah. Have no fear. That is number one. Do not be afraid. That's the first thing they will tell you. Right. I think that's actually sage advice that we should all embrace completely in our lives. But right. for, yeah, their main message when you, they move beyond that is definitely warnings about mm -hmm. nuclear as Dolly mentioned, that's huge. Mm -hmm. um, our right. waterways, um, polluting our atmosphere and our waters, uh, waking up psychically. Mm -hmm. These are why it's are going you, back to the basics, isn't it? Yes, just be a normal human, right? Good, normal. <laughs> I don't know, it's kind of maybe like we're the overrated. normal ones, maybe <laughs> no, we're the kidding. normal ones, and everybody normal. else is here. Change telling you what, what's happening to us is being yeah. dumped down and not being psychic yes. is abnormal. Yes. Yes, we are I supposed agree. to be clairvoyant. Yes. yes, I think so. Yeah. Do you think that we need to concern ourselves with false flags? Do you think that's coming next? Yes. I mean, if we've purposely been dumbed down, then we, I mean, I can't see with all the time and money and everything that's been put into dumbing us down over decades or, you know, the last century or whatever the case may be. I can't see them just all of a sudden let's us be love, light, and love. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. I can't I can't see it. I can't see them doing it that great that easily. Yeah, but yeah, false flag is all the buzz in the field. I think there's a lot of good evidence pointing towards the fact that 
I won't say our government so much, but you know, the cabal, the fund yeah. partners, the right. military industrial complex, the highest mm -hmm. level of the military industrial complex. Well, it's yeah. a money making machine though, right? War is money. Yeah, let's sell military so is money. It's not a good idea. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm very concerned about it. Their history on this subject is heinous. I love that word because it describes yeah. <laughs> I like it. Okay. We use that word a lot in criminology. Heinous. <laughs> I know. The word of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. I think we should be. Um, I think it's time for us to stop looking to our government for answers on this subject because they're not going mm -hmm. to get them. We right. need to turn inward, wake ourselves up, move past fear, become mm -hmm. self sufficient, develop our psychic abilities. Love, love and compassion guide our actions mm -hmm. care for great changes because our planet is going through a yeah. cycle right now that could be mm. a big deal you're, you're the dodgy. best <laughs> you're the best let's just, let's you're the with, goat of this let's industry go with dodgy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, heinous and dodgy <laughs> um yes i well so I, I guess we're going to have a you know a bit of a, a, a bumpy ride, so to speak. But um, I think you just have to have to come back and just you know come back with some amazing stories. I mean, I don't know. Can we wait yeah. till book time? Tell me all about that nine eleven thing. Yeah, definitely have to let us know when the next book, whatever it is, you're going to come out with because it's always interesting. I just sort of scroll down the list, and for anybody interested, just go and look up. You know, go to YouTube or go to Facebook, wherever you're watching it. The whole I, I posted the whole list in the show. Everything's there. All of you know, Preston social media. You can get in there and connect with them if you've got stories you want to share for another book, maybe <laughs> so, so we can bring them back on faster. So um, done, I'm just saying. <laughs> there we go. I love it. So, yeah, this wealth of information. So so this is the part of the show where you promote yourself. Tell us what you have coming up, where you're going, what you're doing. Just promote. Yeah. I might be having some upcoming TV appearances. So I've yeah. done a few interviews, but good say, because sometimes I end up on the cutting floor. Cutting. Uh, we all do. <laughs> Dang creative control. Or lack I of. hear your voice from the other room and I run to the TV. Don't change the channel. It's Preston. Yeah. And I sit down just to listen to you. Your right. voice is so unique and so calming. Yeah. Oh. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not from here. It was just released. So right. that's brand new. And there will be a volume five. And, uh, is there like an ETA on the volume five or? Um, probably sometime next year. Yes. Um, okay. Or the end of the year. Okay. Um, okay. Well, um, I don't think we could wait that long to bring you on. So maybe I'm just going to go down the list of your books and uh, maybe see about, uh, you know. Maybe have another book put out by, you know, March or May. That works. Because we just happen to be booking into March and May. <laughs> so and you can tell us what volume six is going to be about. <laughs> well, let's finish volume five first. Yes. And then volume Come six, on, you got to incorporate my idea. Don't be slacking right? off. Let's get those books out. <laughs> yeah. The guy's got like 25 bucks, you know. Come on. I keep at it. So, <laughs> But thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, thank it you. is always such a pleasure having you on. It's always just so informative, so laid back. Your wealth of information, you have fantastic 
stories. And um, I, I'll say it again. I love how you just make us all look like we really are one and we shouldn't be fearing any of anything that's being put out there. Oh, thanks. Yeah, the universe is fun. I'm having a blast. Are you? <laughs> I want to have a blast too. I don't know. Get out of my house. Just take me to the stars for a change. Oh my <laughs> so, gosh. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for. I've done it. Yes. Oh, I I never concerned. It's it's you know, I think just more of a curiosity as to why some of them do some of the things that they do, you know, Hermelia and I'll be talking like, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> you know, yeah. I, research. I want to know too. I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Well, I they know. don't talk to me, so. Sometimes it just feels like I have a bunch of toddlers in the house and I'm not kidding. It's just, there's no spirits, uh, you know, that, that aren't resident here. It's just a lot of noise. Like they're just very noisy. Like they just, bumping into things and they're just, you know, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes those little AIs do that. Well, crap sakes, you know, like just like walk right by the middle of a show. Sometimes you see me kind of go, <laughs> I'm asking, hey, did you walk by there? And I was like, I wouldn't dare. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's just... I hope that happens. That would be so cool. <laughs> yeah, well. behind you. <laughs> it's, people have seen stuff, yeah, or they hear stuff on the shows and they listen to, you know, and they go back and listen to it. So it is possible, you know, but um, I don't know. Hey, let the excitement begin. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> so but thank you again for joining us and thank i will so be in touch with you uh soon and let's book another date hey thank you you're welcome so thank you thank Bye. you thank you Bye. Bye. <laughs> Night, Preston. <laughs> well we have come to the end of another fantastic segment here on the outer realm and big thank you to preston dennett honestly he really is i mean it um when I say it, he's just awesome to have on. His stories are fantastic. And if you notice the theme of Preston's stories, tonight there were some pretty obscure ones. I thought they were pretty amazing. The I still have to harp, be a harpy on the fertilizer. That one's a little, <laughs> that one really is intriguing to me for whatever reason. I'm very, very yeah, intrigued. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I love how he shows unison. And to me, that's I think that's very important, especially in this day and age. So big thank you to Preston for joining us once again. Um, he's one of our frequent flyers and we, we really do love having him on Jenny nine to 11 PM Eastern um, is usually when the show runs. So you welcome back anytime and uh, mm -hmm. you can catch the archive will be up like, it's all right. You can catch you on Facebook and just start over. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but anyway, big thank you. Big thank you to Folgers Coffee who sponsor our show. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you. Justin Snicker, Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon for your voice, your music. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And remember, guys, wherever you're watching on whatever platform you are on, like us, subscribe, join, follow, whatever the case may be. We appreciate you as well. Thank you for being in chat. But all, we have eight platforms, just so you know. So if we have not been able to get to some of you guys, we have eight different chat rooms that all come into one. So we do try to keep up with everything as we move along, however. So thank you, guys. You just make the show that much better. If you want to communicate with us, outerrealmcontact at gmail.com. 
theouterrealmcontact at gmail.com. And you can just go even to the Outer Realm Facebook page. Get on in there. Just click email. Best way to get us. So thank you. Now, tomorrow night for the very first time, we have somebody really interesting as well coming on. It's, be, it's a great week for it. Todd Wilcox, known as the Slipstream Shaman. And he's going to take you all on a journey into the quantum field as he discusses how you can learn to use your natural natural abilities in quantum healing. Thinking, all right, I think I'm down. Sounds like it's going to be a little bit deep, but it's going to be good. <laughs> so <laughs> put your seatbelts on, get your questions ready, and meet us back in whatever chat room you're in tonight. So thank you guys and for tuning in. And Michael, it's always a pleasure. So thank you, thank you. Great story, Preston. Yes, we're just putting up a little bit of everything. There we go. Jenny, stay safe. Yeah. There we go. Absolutely. All right, guys. Good night. We'll see you tomorrow.